parashah is called Tazriyah, and that means um, basically when a woman gives birth, she seeds or something along those lines. It's debated exactly the translation, but uh, it starts off with talking about the um, regulations, if you will, around childbirth afterwards specifically, and then it goes into laws of purification in chapter 13. It continues on into 14 and beyond. In fact, the two portions often are put together uh, this week's and next week's. Uh, sometimes you have them as a combined double section. Um, in your bulletin, it does talk about the kosher laws. That's actually the previous previous week. Um, and so next week, you'll see some things about some better insights, most likely, from Rabbi Haim. And I want to give you a few today on just these, these two chapters um, from 12 and 13. So... Again, chapter 12 uh, talks about uh, purification rituals after childbirth. We see the seven days. Uh, you know, I think in our minds, it's, we can either we can do a couple of things. We can skip over this stuff entirely because we think it's just you know, it's wrong wrong in some sense. I mean, why is it a longer impurity for a female that's born versus a male that's born, and that seems wrong? And we can get into all that, or we can say it's completely un, unrelated to us when we get into talking about you know, things on the skin and, and boils and this and this kind of stuff and we can we can or we can get really deep into it and try to figure out why is it different, you know, number of days and all this kind of stuff. And I used to say, well, you know, the male, you know, the impurity impure period is seven days and then on the eighth day there's the, the brit milah, the, the, the recognition of the, the sun entering into the covenant. So the mom needs to be at the ceremony so she can be there on the eighth day. I mean, this is my personal thoughts on these things. However, um, you can, you can. I want to look at just some of the, I think the lessons we can draw maybe on a little, a little higher level because you really can get into the details. But I would definitely encourage you to not skip over them, not completely skip over them. In our membership class, we talk about you know looking at some commands that maybe you think are not applicable to you, and see if there's some type of underlying principle there possibly because all scripture is useful. All right, Timothy tells us so. It's useful even this stuff about scabs and boils and white hairs and moles and all this kind of wonderful stuff, uh, which you which you read here. So we do see an interesting thing here that after the period of uh, of of cleansing and so forth is over, that the the mother is to bring an offering to the tent of meeting. It says ideally a lamb. Uh, and, and, but if she cannot afford a lamb, then she brings either two turtle doves or two young pigeons. We see this take place also in the Rit HaDashah, the New Covenant, where Yeshua's mother, uh, they take that exact offering to the temple. And um, this shows kind of their, their financial situation. Maybe it was not enough to afford a lamb, but we see a connection there in the book of Luke, beginning chapter. Uh, in that case, you've got one one of the birds that's there for purification for the woman. The other was for God. It's an olah that is given uh, as an olah all to, all to the Lord. And I think this is a little lesson for us. We recognize God for for His provision. Uh, certainly, it's important to recognize God's hand in everything. But I think uh, especially when it comes to the bringing forth of life. Uh, here we're talking about childbirth. It should never be taken for granted. Uh, childbirth or, or, or the giving of life in general. And I think that really gives some perspective. Uh, and I won't get political here, uh, but I think, uh, I won't get a little political, but it, it does give some perspective to some, I think, of the, the modern day attitudes towards life. You know, um, and the oftentimes callous decisions that are made in the, in the name of choice and in the name of convenience. And we can, again, I can really 
get into all that stuff, but I won't. But I think here this really gives us a perspective that, you know, one of these, this offering is totally to God, you know. Yes, it's for some impurity and ritual purity and so forth, but it's, it's, it's recognizing God and His provision here. It's very important to not, not forget that, God's provision in everything, especially life. Then in chapter 13, um, God describes uh, to Moses and Aaron, again, this whole uh, procedures for identifying and responding to those infected with uh, what's commonly translated as leprosy. Um, you see it described as the plague of Tzarat. And um, in general, some of the ideas that we, we see there in this section is that if if some of this, this disease, if you will, is, um, and leprosy, by the way, you know, this is, it's, it's debated as to what exactly this is. Uh, in terms of the, the disease itself, if it is just the, the skin disease, it's, there's a modern day uh, Hansen's disease, something they related to. But, I mean, whatever it is, it's a pretty horrible thing. Um, it affects, kind of starts at the extremities and then just kind of goes in and consumes the person. It's a really horrible thing. I'll bring that back in in a little bit. But, um, in general, if any of the things that the, that the priest sees, if they're a surface level issue, um, you kind of see that, okay, not a problem, you know. Um, and then if it goes deeper, the text tells us, that it's like a deeper, it looks like it's something that's really uh, in, in there deep, that it is a problem. If it spreads, it's a problem, and if it doesn't spread, not a problem. These are kind of the, the benchmarks, right? Um, and I think that's a pretty easy lesson for us to extract, just from that, you know, again, we're not going to get into the, the, the deep issues, but I mean, if something um, is surface level, not as big a deal if it's in, in depth, in, inside type of thing, and it's less of an issue if something spreads than if it doesn't spread, right? Or less of an issue if it spreads. More of an issue if it spreads and less of an issue if it doesn't spread. So I think we can, I mean, I don't have to, as kind of say, connect, you can connect the dots there in terms of a lesson to extract from that, as opposed to the details of the scab and the scales and the color of the hair and all that kind of stuff. Those are the bigger lessons. Um, Interesting, though, and part of why the reason I chose to read the, the first, only the two, first two verses of chapter 13, even though it's in Hebrew, if you were to look at the translations later, if I read more, you'd think, oh, this is good stuff. But just this sort of introductory idea that um, Aaron said, you know, when, when someone has this issue, right, the swelling or the scab, they are to go to the nearest doctor. No, they are to go to the priest. It's an interesting idea of how the priests are involved, and it's not that, you know, the rabbis or the priests, I don't, I don't want you bringing your skin diseases and questions about that stuff to us. However, it is interesting, I think, the idea how um, the biblical priests were involved in medical issues. They were involved in building issues. I and mean, they were building, uh, I mean, if you worked in construction, you know, if you can't get that, you know, that permit stamp, maybe you had to condemn the thing or whatever. I mean, these were the, what the priests were involved with. It's kind of interesting that they were kind of like, you know, doctors, they were like zoologists in a sense, and I miss a zoologist, which is interesting. But uh, also building inspectors, um, but you bring them to the, the priest, you know, and these are the people that are kind of gatekeeping for the community. They're deciding who's fit to stay inside the, the community, who has to go outside the community for a while, what things need to be condemned, or some people need to be expelled from the community, um, and so forth. They had a lot of power in that regard. Um, and again, it's a very unique idea um, that they were, you know, I think what it tells us, and this is what I want to get to, is I think this tells us that it's not so much that the, the priests were the modern day or the day, their time that they were the building inspectors, that they were medically trained, yes and no. I think it tells us really that uh, these things are, these things meaning sickness and disease and infectious things are more spiritual maybe than some of us give credit to, you know. 
Um, they're really spiritual issues. We see a, a parallel in 2 Kings, which is a Haftarah section for this uh, week as well, where Naaman, I know Dr. Bjorker is very familiar with this story, uh, a Jewish, uh, a non-Jewish soldier. He was very successful, but he had this this tzarat, this, this leprosy. And as such, what did he do? Well, for, uh, 2 Kings uh, 5 tells us that when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, and he rent his clothes because Naaman had talked to his master. He had heard from a servant girl that, the, that the, he could be cured by an, a prophet of Israel. And so he went and got permission to go see the king of Israel. And the king of Israel, you know, the letter to the king of Israel says, Hey, cure my, cure my servant Naaman. And the king had rent his clothes. And when Elisha heard about it, because he's saying, Who am I, am I God to heal this person? But when, uh, when Elisha heard this, he sent word to the king saying, You know, Forget about it, basically. He said, don't worry about it. Let him come to me, and he'll know that there is a... What does he say? He says that there's a good Jewish doctor in Israel. We all know that. No, he says, he will know that there is a prophet in Israel, a representative of God to the people, right? And so after Naaman's healing in uh, 2 Kings 5, we see that uh, Naaman actually offers a gift. He says, we take this gift, you know, to Elisha. Elisha says, no. And if you look at the Hebrew, it doesn't say gift in the sense of a gift. It says, would you accept a bracha? Would you accept a blessing? And I think, again, we're just seeing a spiritual connection because Elisha says no, because I don't want a blessing from someone who doesn't even know the Lord really yet at this point. So it's definitely a very uh, serious spiritual issue. And am I saying that all sickness and, and illness and things that aren't you know, right is, is spiritual? Not necessarily. Not necessarily in terms of making a blanket statement that say, some will say, if you've got a Sickness is a spiritual problem. You're in sin, and this is because of your, and whatever it might be. That's not what I'm saying. It's not the case. However, there is a very significant and clear uh, spiritual connection between these things. Um, even in the secular world, if you study this stuff, if you study about healing, uh, so I saw a, a, a documentary on Netflix called, called, I think it's called Healing or Heal or something like that, and it's very interesting, if you were to sort of just watch some of those sections, you'd think it was almost like a, a biblical person talking, someone speaking from Scripture, this idea of you know, visualize your healing, think what it's like, thank, be thankful ahead of time, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and, and, and they're actually backing this up with some scientific evidence. That in, in these cases, there's no other explanation other than this person did these kind of things. And again, um, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to consider the spiritual, I think the spiritual connection is very important to consider here. Um, but again, I'm reading from, from 13, chapter 13, here, just this initial idea, uh, these first two verses, that um, we go to the priest. So the idea is not just medicinal, but involves uh, spiritual and sacrifice for the remedies. Um, another, an interesting piece of this, though, is you know, during certain times in history, certain, certain Middle Ages and so forth, times of plagues, plague outbreaks, You've got uh, all these people dying except for the Jews. So therefore, the connection is made that the Jews did this. <laughs> when in fact, God, God was protecting through these things that he put in place that seemed like such a waste of time, but they were protected by some of their, their uh, hygienic practices, if you will. Because again, we can go down that road and say, well, God gave these things because we know now that there's more hygiene in these type of animals and so forth. And again, there's a yes and there's a no. Uh, a piece of that. Um, one last piece I want to leave you with is that the rabbis, uh, if you read rabbinical writings about this, this leprosy and these things, the rabbis um, see it as a supernatural affliction as well. 
And they believe it's caused primarily by um, the evil tongue. This is because you, you've done things evil with your tongue, therefore you're being afflicted with this this, this plague. And again, is that is that completely true? Is it a bit supernatural, uh, uh, superstitious? Yes, however, I do think for us we can certainly see, we see an example in the book of Numbers where uh, Moses' sister, they're, they're criticizing him for his choice of wife, and she becomes stricken with this the same plague, right? So the idea that she lashed forth with that evil tongue, and this is what happened, this is kind of the connection where the rabbis get this. And again, I do think there is something very important for us to consider there, um, because just like the consuming nature of, of leprosy on the body, the consuming nature of, of slander, la shorcha'a, the evil tongue, is very much real as well for the person giving forth the, the slander, for the person who hears it about the third person over here, and the third person themselves also, their reputation gets consumed and, and debilitated in the same way almost as this, this disease. I think that's another thing we can consider there when it comes to all this stuff. So, um, this is me giving you some uh, answers to your homework question if you haven't done our membership material yet as well. Um, so uh, just some thoughts I have, and again, we'll see some next week.